Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
Well, and then, you know, your wife will need one because we need to, we're all going to And multiple copies up. of Baldur Gate 3. Yeah, and we're going <laughs> to need to party up. So. so, but yeah, so for building the city of Point Reach, yeah. um, we are going to be using as our uh, guiding resource to discuss and review and uh, um, use as we progress forward with uh, developing our city, the book recently put out by Cobalt Press, Campaign Builder, Cities and Towns. Um, this book is, it was a recent Kickstarter about a year ago, and now it has been fulfilled, and I have my nice, beauty, beautiful, shiny copy in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by Richard Green, Tim Hitchcock, Sarah Madsen, and Sebastian Rombach. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, those are the four names on the cover, but of course, as with any book, there yeah. is a plethora, a veritable cornucopia of designers in uh, the afterwards in the uh, designers, lead editors, and developers, and editors. Right. I mean, because you just do this as an armchair experiment like we are, and you see how difficult it is to do it with just two people. Teams would be really cool. Teams would be pretty amazing. Can but at the imagine? same time, I could see us, at this point, at least for this particular project, we're like, but no, shut up, get out. I don't want your own. Well. Just I, for this one. Just for this one. Yeah, the next one, though, anybody wants to guest and help us. <laughs> I, I wonder how that works. Well, you figure these are companies that are, it's not being spearheaded by one person. Right. So, like, here's where I would see that kind of coming in. If I were to look at different publishers and 5e, you know, publications of the past, right. I would look at Keith Baker and Eberron. Mm-hmm. So, Keith Baker wins a competition during the 3.5 days, so early 2000s. Yep. And gets his world published, and he gets to write the book. That is his. Eberron is his baby. Right. It's his creation. Right. And now he has to work with a team of people saying, well, here's what should be here. And I can imagine yeah. him being like, well, but, uh, yeah. but no, no. I mean, I, if, I were, if I were him, I could imagine it'd be somewhat like that. But I mean, I guess he seems that, like a pretty laid back guy, though. It also depends on the size of the check, I would imagine. Yeah, it probably makes a difference. The, 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 if, if it's like, well, well, you can put your mind at ease about the development. Yeah. Here's money. Yeah. Well, it's all corporate work for uh, hires. got to be difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, do you know who Ed Brubaker is? Uh, that name sounds incredibly familiar, and I'm going to be really embarrassed that I don't. Thank no, you probably for that. not. No, probably not. Oh wait, he's comic book guy. Yeah, he's not a comic book guy. He's the guy who came up with everything cool about the MCU Captain America. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's like it's got to be rough. I think I believe he appears in Civil War, and he says he went that way, <laughs> and and like that's what they did with him. But I mean, he came up with Winter Soldier. He took this character you cannot resurrect. He was like one of the un. The only two people who right. stay dead are Bucky Barnes and Uncle Ben. Yeah, and he brought back Bucky Barnes in the coolest way imaginably possible. And I'm like, well, when your movie makes like a billion bucks, can't you give him like a million? No. Like, just throw it to him. You get nothing. So that's why it's got to be tricky, especially to sit there. And now people can do whatever they want with it. It's just got to be painful. Creation, you know, you feel very close to things you create. And then you got to let it go. <sighs> yeah. Out into the world, it's no longer yours. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I mean, it's one thing if I choose to share it. Right. But it's, you know, and yes, I did choose to share it, but maybe you don't know. You know, maybe you don't know the full ramifications i love eberron so much wait no no eberron toys <laughs> you know i don't want the eberron baby crib sheets no that was never the you know the the what is it the the dragon marked house uh, right. child tattoos yeah or, it was you know, never a thing yeah temporary tattoos yeah um but getting back to but building. yes it takes a team it takes a village to make a village a village a city i know well there this you. book is is very comprehensive it does a great job and i figure we can just sort of go through it sure point by point and uh, talk about some things that you and I might not normally think of because, shocker, we're not city planning and development specialists. Right. 
and we're not professional game designers. So no. let's... Well, you know, it was funny because going into this, I felt, a, I, and I've mentioned it before, I almost felt, you know, again, in conversations, a little bit guilty because we never, we say that there's these great city, you know, up on these bridges. We never, ever shoot the shit about them. Nope. Never. Never. Like we never, it's like, and yet at the same time, it's almost like, I wonder if it's like an avoidance because it's doing big. the verge is easy. Yeah. Right. It's a big, dangerous, magical wildlife. We can just stick chaotic. this thing here, whatever. But now we have to go up where it's orderly and mm-hmm. it's a different set of uh, safety rails, I guess. Yeah. And we have to stay in them. It's going to be interesting. And hopefully. I, and it's it's interesting to me because I enjoy urban stuff in my D&D games. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, very much it. enjoy yeah. city adventures. Yeah. Uh, I find them to be very fulfilling and you can do really cool stuff. And I like the 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 crazy swashbuckling and... And all sure. the other I mean, running from the city guards. I love that stuff. Yeah, where you, you this is where you can do your heist stories and you can do your intrigue and your spy stuff. And it always reminds me, I mean, anything set in a fantasy fantasy city, and I always end up coming back to like again, the city watch books by Terry Pratchett mm-hmm. and Discworld and how the very beginning of that book is how, you know, their job is to run at the hero one at a time until they are disarmed and, and beaten or slain. Right. And we I wrote this book for those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, you know, it's a, if you've never read the Discworld books on the City Watch, which begin with Guards, Guards, they are the finest literature ever written. And that's a fact. Oh. It can't be argued. Okay. <laughs> they um, are the best. Yeah, subjective opinions can never be argued. It's an objective. It's an objective? Is that what statement. it is? Statement. Oh, it's objective an objective statement. Okay. There is no opinion. It is simply the best. Mike is better than all the rest. Is your microphone straying? It is. It just barely tapped it, but it's back. <laughs> I'll put a link to all this stuff in the show notes. By the way, we have our book. We have the Discworld. We have Daisy the podcast dog who doesn't want to stay s- stay put, does she? Well, I think she hears her sister barking downstairs. Other podcasters, how do you deal with your dogs? Yeah. How about that for a question? Sometimes I hear them in the background, and on some podcasts, I'm sure they think that I don't, but I can definitely hear them. Yeah. I do notice the more I podcast, the more I can pick up on things in podcasts that I know I didn't before. Right. And and that and background sound for somebody doing something like out of their house, I know I catch out more I have to it. imagine that most podcasters are going out of their house. I mean, diving into Campaign Builder, Cities and Towns by Cobalt Press, the very first section of this book is called City Planning. There's a couple of opportunities in here to do some random rolling, but we've been talking about Estrock and uh, Point Reach. I want to call it Farpoint still. No, you don't. Point Reach. You want to call it Point Reach because that's correct. I know. So often that there's sometimes when I'm looking at some of these random tables and I go, oh, I don't need to roll. It's that one. So, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. But we'll see. Yeah, that's true. When we use the other, what is the other book that we use sometimes too? A oh, lot the of RPG that World Builders Guide. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that we tend, we did also have. Yeah. Well, and I was just glancing through that as well. That doesn't have a section on city building. So, um, unless I missed it, because I, I gave it a quick glance, because I was so excited to use this book. Sure. So, let's look at the chapter called City Planning. The first question is, what is the city's age? Do, 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 do. I'm sure that if we dig back, we have talked about... We have, exactly. Okay, so then it can't be that old. No, it's, well, the Sevenfold Storm was a thousand years ago. All right. Um, So I would say it's roughly... 200 old? 13, if my math is correct. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's 11. It's 11. No, so, okay, so here, this is a good thing we should talk about. Yeah. The age of the city is important. It's going to inform several of the other decisions we move going forward. Sure. Now, you just jumped and said a couple of hundred, and yeah. in my head, I've been thinking this whole time, no, it's about a thousand years old. So it was established at the beginning. Okay, so we're building up layers on top of layers, like a Britannia. Exactly. Okay, so that's fine. Here, totally let's, fine. Let's decide. Yeah. So I imagine, here's, here's what I imagine in my head. You have the sevenfold storm. You have all these people who are stranded. Mm-hmm. They are going to have to pick a place to congregate. When you are looking for safety, what do you look for? Um, high ground. High clear ground. views. You're going to want clear views, you know, in all directions. So you have all these people, thousands of people who get just survived this horrible storm, locked onto this weird new world, and they, they can't get off it. Right. They're going to spend a bunch of time not trying to settle. That's pretty much a given. Right. Some people are just going to wander forever. They're going to spend several years trying to get, trying just to get off. Yeah. But in that interim, they'll have temporary setups as shelters. Yeah. Probably by the coast where the gate was that they had yep. been coming through. But we have a spot on our map that actually marks that. That's the yeah. descent from the colossal expanse by the shore. They, my guess is they probably populated that first as a temporary shelter, mm-hmm. air quotes that people can't see. Right. And then spent several years there trying to get out of the planet unsuccessfully. Right. So then they figure, we got to look for something. We got to look for something more defensible. We have to get up off the surface because of this whole Iliaster magical effect of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So they get up on the colossal expanse and they just kind of go. And what do they see? They see high ground. Right. They follow the expanse up into the mountains over a mile plus wide river to a a canyon that is 10,000 feet above the raging waters below and spans two, three miles. Yeah. And across it, half buried in clouds half the time, are these massive two-mile-wide bridges. Yeah. Layered some beneath, some beside each other, stretching all the way across this canyon, the highest point that anyone can see. Mm-hmm. And it's covered in the ruins of these giant structures that belonged to whatever mysterious leviathans right. once called this place home. Yeah, yeah. So you have some pre-made structure, something familiar, mm-hmm. some source of, I guess, civilization in their mind. Yeah. Okay. So, so nine hundred ninety-nine. Yeah. Or I'm I mean, we could, we could easily say nine hundred yeah, years old. Just, yeah. yeah. Um. But I think that that is that's pretty. That's a. I think that's pretty safe. And then that allows mm-hmm. us because we've already talked about uh, point reach as being like pretty advanced arcane wise. It's a. It's an advanced arcane city. Right. This is not a place where people are like, oh, I've got to survive this while this is a place where like no we mastered this is where we are in charge of this world yeah um this is the the cities were built to hide from the dangers of the forest exactly um but of course now the cities are perhaps more dangerous mm-hmm. yeah. so the choices here are new city now one of the things they don't do in this book is they don't give year ranges but again you're dealing in fantasy so years can be really weird. yeah totally weird and have apostrophe mm-hmm. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> random apostrophes in the air a <laughs> uh, new city a young city a mature city, or an ancient city. And so if we think, I don't know, I hear 900 years and I think ancient. Yeah. Is that, do you? Yeah. And and I think we've been built on top of the ancient city. Well, that's that's in here too. Okay, good. Oh, I was going to say, there's so got to be layers, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're yep. just digging it's... and we're going up, new, better, new, better, new, different. Filling in. Like, Catastrophe. This is a three-story building that's really an old, giant, one-story building. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so ancient city, it says, only a small handful of urban centers become ancient cities. These locales have watched the rise of civilization itself. Old beyond measure, they have witnessed a long succession of people, cultures, and technologies grow and change over time. An ancient city has seen it all. 
Perhaps multiple tribes or cultures have used the site as a homestead, leaving behind their signatures in the detritus and in the legends of their passing. Perhaps the city has lain in ruins for stretches of time, rediscovered and rebuilt by successive waves of people. See where I'm going with that Yeah. description? Yep. So I also like the idea that uh, Point Reach was a giant city mm-hmm. millennia or however many mysterious number of thousands of years ago before yep. the giants disappeared. Yep. So that's... Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that could be hidden. Yeah amongst you know a library perhaps uh, cool well it allows you to create like weird ruins and things like yeah that. yeah built right into the city mm-hmm. so that's the first question of five questions how old is the city i think we're gonna ancient well, ancient yeah it's definitely safe yeah question number two yeah what is the city's primary function i'm using my spelling bee voice oh okay what is the city's primary function now this one, I'm going to read, urban centers do not spring up randomly. A civilization needs a reason to settle in a specific area. Sometimes that reason is simply because it was a dry patch of land in a rather waterlogged region. Maybe it has easy access to fresh water, or might even be on the bank of a river or lake that makes travel and trade easier. Perhaps it is as the crossroads of two major trade routes, and it began as a tavern or stables and a road for road-weary travelers to rest. I feel like there are... Point Reach has a bunch of that. Yeah. yeah it's got it access to, to a river, even though yep. it's thousands of feet below. Yep. It is a crossroads of the colossal expanse. Yep. So it is a it is a epicenter for travel, commerce. It is up in the mountains for mining, which will come in later. And we have to it says to consider its geographical placement and things like that. So this is up in the mountains. Yeah. That's gonna cause questions and problems, but we can solve those later. Mm-hmm. They have a D twenty chart, a random D twenty chart. Okay. That we don't need to roll on. But we do have dice on the table. We do have dice on the table for that very purpose. Go ahead. Let's roll a d20. Let's roll. We're going to. It's right there. Roll a d20 and tell me what you would get. And I'll tell you if we were doing it this way, what we would have. I think it's funny that it's 12 between 11 and 13. There you go. It's splitting the difference. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. Well, five plus six is 13. Yeah. (laughs) If my math is correct. (laughs) Um, So you said it was 12? Yeah. 12. So according to this random chart, 12 would be. Religion. Legend says a goddess once fought and bled on the spot, and the vibrant red blossoms that glow, grow, grow in profusion across the fields are said to be the product of her blood hitting the earth. I mean, that's obviously not us. Right. But there's some cool stuff in here that you can yeah. you can quickly roll for this. I look at this and I think so here are the Maybe choices. we have medicinal plants that are born from the blood of fallen giants that grow on this part of the climate. Well, that is definitely a possibility. So you could reflavor these mm-hmm. easily, Yo, I guess. Absolutely. Is what I'm so there's creation, um, like there's some sort of special crop. Okay. Um, <laughs> some sort of special soil is another choice. So there's the first three are like creation and they're about plants found here. Yeah. The next uh, three are export which is a rare and sought-after mushroom, a gemstone used, and timber in this region. So those are like natural items. Now, I do want to borrow from that because I like the idea that next to the uh, next to Point Reach is a easy access to mines. They're in the mountains. Mining is definitely going to be an industry. Okay, yeah. So that's part of it. It's not the primary function. Military, a major fortification complete with fortress and long walls spanning miles in either directions. Uh, bulwark against marauding bands of outliers. A remote outpost with a handful of bordered soldiers situated. So military, like fortified for safety yep, or, or strategic advantage. Politics, it's situated near a border or it's the capital of a realm. Religion, it could be where a, a holy seat, dead god, which we just read. It can have a tourism as its primary function. Clear water, uh, beautiful natural <laughs> hot springs, birthplace of a renowned holy woman, etc. Yeah. Trade, a busy port town, uh, major trade route. Situated at the crossroads of two major trade routes. 
travel, a gilded caravan, uh, a guided caravan across the mountains departs and returns this town monthly. This is the only place for miles where water from the river is shallow enough to ford it. And the town is halfway point between a major city and a port town. So the primary function of our point reach, yeah. uh, I am really struggling you're, you're with not calling fine. it far point. Uh, our primary function seems to be a strategic location. Yeah. yeah. It is a point of safety. Mm-hmm. That's its primary function. It's a safe place. Right. It's yeah, because if I remember, if you're traveling down the Colossal Expanse, Point Reach is the final point you can reach. I mean, the Colossal Expanse technically continues, but it's broken off here. It's broken right? off all over the place. The yeah. on, the longest unbroken stretch of Colossal Expanse, I believe, that has is been from, explored. That has been explored. It, there's a lot of unbroken between the shore and Point Reach. Yeah. But the longest unbroken section is the 500 or so miles between Point Reach and Last Call. Yeah. Okay. So, and there are branches that break off that are truncated and broken, and there's segments that stand alone in the mountains and things like that. Yeah. It used to be a network, and now it is not. So Just chunks much. here and there. Yeah. Chunks here. And there. So I think our primary function then is strategic location safety. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna write that down. Strategic location safety because this is the place where you go if the verge freaks you out. Okay. Yeah. Like if you're yeah if you're running away from your troubles in life, this is as far as you can go. Mm-hmm. And then you have the choice. Because you... it is. It's literally as far away from the surface of the planet as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to get lost there, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I'm just thinking of different story hook ideas. Oh, yeah. Come to mind. So easy story to get lost. Story hooks are so place. fun. This is the place you go to get lost. This is, you know. Right. Um, so it doesn't have religious significance because we've got too many disparate people. Yep. It doesn't have... It, now, a signature good, it could have a signature good. Do you know what signature good? Uh, I mean... Point Reach has? Okay, what's that? It is our, we've been talking about Point Reach as being the location where anti-Iliaster magic comes from. Yep. So the uh, the lanterns that are used to hold back Verge Grove, they all come from the centers of learning in our city. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that is a product. That's oh, definitely yeah. a product. That's going to be used, yeah. And used ex- used very heavily in the city itself, but then it also sold out to other, other you know, just... that's how it keeps all the other settlements in a mm-hmm. line. Yeah, needing them exactly it's this yeah. it's the thing that they have that everyone else needs yeah to make so, their life that much exactly yeah um strategic value it definitely has that sitting mm-hmm. up on the top of the the sure. bridges and spans tourism eh. doesn't seem like a tourism world not really a tourism world I th- although I can a thousand think of- years online there's probably some people who do tourism but it's like dangerous well i like the idea of like carnival tourism Mm-hmm. Like come explore the old cave of whatever, and it's set fake. up. Yeah, it's fake. It's just it's just a cave. <laughs> it's just a big disappointment. But trade hub, definitely for sure. Yep. All right. What are the city's trade goods? Question three. Well, <clears throat> our first trade good, as we just said, is I'm going to call it anti iliaster for now. Yeah. For now, um, uh, urban centers rarely function in a bubble, and they rely on others just as others rely on them. The economy and quality of life for its citizens often relies on trade, even with other nations, but it might be self-sufficient enough to meet the basic needs of its citizens without depending on others. So I see all the other places as needing uh, point reach for its anti-Iliaster magic, Mm -hmm. its anti-Verge magic, right? but point reach needs help from the other settlements too. Yeah. Because it's up in the mountain. Yeah. So So, though I think we discussed it, it it will have some level of agriculture. It's going to have some agriculture that's like artificially set. Right. I could see the agriculture being more specialized up on the colossal expanse, but if you need your grains, there's no place to grow. You don't have the wheat. land. You don't have the space to grow wheat and corn and, mm-hmm. and whatever equivalent. And well, such. because of the nature of the planet, too, crops grow really well. Right. Yeah. So that's so, also something to take in consideration. Yeah. So maybe they get the crops from the folks on the ground, and mm-hmm. then, you know, they 
the one of the advantages of point reach, point reach can then process them, milling, mm-hmm. turn them into flowers, which then can be traded back down. So, you know, folks down on the ground are making bread, which travels better. Sure. Uh, trade goods, trade goods, trade goods. Ooh, the, let's see. Um, basic, you know, we have to first consider the basic needs, and that's the thing. Like, what are the basic needs? There's the food. Yep. And then it expands out to things like alcohol, tobacco, like all the other kind of <coughs> fantasy necessities <coughs> and tropes yep. that fill out every world you've ever read about. Right. If society functions under a basic capitalistic principles, then the greater the demand for the product, the greater the cost for it. Consider this when pricing goods, because we do have to come up with prices of goods in point reach, okay. which I hate. Me too. I have a little special book in my DM binder that's like just every kind of shop you could ever imagine mm-hmm. with reasonable prices all done in. So you guys say, we're going to go into this shop. They sell books. I just flip to the book page. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. You're in the bookshop. What are you looking for? Yeah, that just wouldn't be... You know, there's a reason that in your average TV show or movie, the character walks in and asks for a beer and not the specific beer because nobody cares. Exactly. He just wants a beer. <laughs> so it's like, how much for that sword? Okay, you buy you buy the sword. Yep. You know, you would obviously... Some people really buying like shopping. A, I know. I know some. It's definitely a thing. You got to put it there for the people who want to do it. Yeah. So get them a generic. We'll have some shops and things. Yeah. Like we'll have that. some. Like, you know. You know. If you're buying something fancy and you know, for sure, it's a magical lance or whatever. You know. Then you got it. What's really set interesting is all that. of our magic items have to be from other worlds um, or largely. made within the past thousand years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I wonder if any of the demigods ima- like have magical weapons that were like well imagined up on uh, with them. Wereth has. A can, yeah, bleed, a can bleed, but those are like manifestations of himself or themselves. Yeah, no one else could wield those if he, they, they get knocked out of his hand. They just reform. yeah, if they dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> Impact of magic on trade goods. This is something that I always wonder about. Like when considering trade goods, keep in mind the ever-present reality of magic. If the setting is high in magic, trade goods might have involve involve things like high-quality inks and papers and scrolls and spell books, gemstones, other spell components, and even magical creatures and their byproducts. Oh well, yeah. Exactly. So we're going to have lots of exotic stuff shops and and purchases, all Mm -hmm. of it traded up from The Verge. You know, one thing that just made me think of it, um, in the anime My Hero Academia, there are a couple characters that they have their superpowers essentially to just be able to produce something. I make food. Well, the thing is, they're, they're forbidden from doing a lot of things, from making a lot of things, because I think... It's unspoken because of how much they could imbalance the world. You know, destabilize the economy. Like if I'm able to just take air or lipids in my body and turn it into gold, then what's the point of gold? So there's there is actually it's written into the story, but they don't. It's not the kind of story where they focus on it. But I always assume that's why you're not allowed to do some of these things. All right, like you're not allowed to create. So it's just interesting when you talk about magic and the impact on you know the economy. Um, you could maybe magic up quite a few things, especially in the presence of Iliaster in theory. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. the the growing, you know, if one of the bridges has been converted into some sort of agricultural center mm-hmm. in Point Reach, what's to say they don't very carefully use Iliaster to make sure that it grows enough to feed the populace? And that could be one of the secrets too. Like the populace doesn't like that you use magic to grow the food. Right. We, we don't tell the them that. Think, we yeah. protect them from the magic of Iliaster in the yeah, world. Exactly. Shh, don't tell. Yeah, exactly. They also use it to grow their wheat. Right, it's the only way to get it growing up here. Um, so we have magical items, we have basic needs, magical needs, trade goods, and pricing. So you can see there's a lot of, I'm holding up my book here for you to see, there's a yeah. lot of random tables and trade good prices here. This doesn't, I'm not as concerned about at this. Not at this stage. Stage? That's, that's yeah. 
I will say that if you go to the mountains section, right. which is where this city is technically located, it does say that trade goods might be coal, copper, iron, diamonds, emeralds, furs, pelts, lumber, or marble. Sure. That's why I said I like the idea of there being adjacent mines in the <clears> mountains. Yeah, so this is just kind of, I mean, they must have a bunch of... Um, like random tables just around for covering the prices of things. Because the only reason you would really utilize and dig into this is if you wanted to create, I don't know, this is the first example that comes to mind, like Olivander. You know, like you want to create a specific shop. So here's the guidelines to creating a shop that has specific things. Well, when I look at this, so here's a question for you. We're up on a bridge Mm -hmm. in the mountains. We've got magic. Where do you get your lumber? Um, the lumber store? There's no lumber store. It's, it's a, a bridge. Very, it's been here for 900 years. There is... No, I'm saying, I'm talking about 900 years ago. Where did oh, they get their lumber? 900 years ago. Well, they would have to have had a system to bring it up. Yeah. Which is where the Midway City would have been built out of. The yeah, mechanism so... that brings... So, you know, we talked about that midpoint, right? So there's the ground, and then there's point reach, and then there's the community that's built in between. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is obviously So they be deforested the an entire area by yeah. the coast. Mm-hmm. And then laboriously, maybe with skyships and things like that, yeah. took all this lumber over to the to in this big communal effort to build. So that that's a communal effort. Everyone like working together with their with their skyships before they died out, right? And all their magical creatures as much as they can. Emphasis on working together. And they worked together. And it wasn't. This wasn't. Except like the aberrations that took their nautiloids. Right, but emphasis in the yeah. sense that this was not built on slavery and Oh, and absolutely. So on, this is... was, we are all here, Swiss family Robinson, this whole planet. Yeah, totally. Okay. And so we're all going to work together. And when we work together, we're going to move everything up communally to the bridge and build. By our powers combined. <laughs> <laughs> so between gemstones, specialty metals, and anti-iliaster magic, we have goods that are that are generated from the city. Yeah. It can access the waters below in the I like the idea that there's some sort of way of accessing they have magical teleportation. They can get down to the water level right. for fishing and water mm-hmm. and maybe even some sort of pumping system. Yeah, there's, there could be it. an Iliaster powered pumping system. Exactly. They use it like fuel or something. And then when it was built, it was a big community. If you imagine that giant communal effort of building a city working all together, mm-hmm. that probably should we should probably have a name for that event. Like, you know Yeah, it's a great idea. Throw out another name. Well, I'm I'm just saying, you know, it's the, <laughs> no, it's there, the you should it should thing. be an epochal, like it's it's a it's a big deal. It's I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's the cosmic. Equivalent it would be a thing they would, barn you know, like, like laying the first brick would be like a thing that would be like a, a celebration. Exactly. That's you know, what like I'm saying. Every every year we commemorate the laying of the first brick. Whatever. And absolutely, that's what I was thinking. Like just in terms of world building, we should have some sort of a celebration of the the founding. Of yeah, a festival of the yeah. Exactly. So I'll put that on the TBD TBD holiday. All right, cool. Next question. Looking for it. What is the city's size and population? Ugh. Yeah. So here's the choices. It's big and there's lots of folks. We started with a couple with a thousand plus people at the sevenfold storm. Yeah, yeah. We wanted there to be enough people that we could propagate people. Yeah, and there's plenty there. And yeah. to basically lose the concept of individual race species. Exactly. Yeah. All kind of getting blended together. Yeah. I also like the idea of it being a thousand years ago. So even like the longest lived elf is dead. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. So even a baby elf has died by the time this book sets. Right. So um, your choices are, if we were to roll a D8, <laughs> a one would give us a thorpe, which is one to 20 people. A two would give us a hamlet, which is 21 to 50 people. A three would give us a village, 51 to 200. A next would be a small town with 200 to 3,000. A large town is about 3,000, sorry, 3,001 to 6,000. 
Okay. A small city is 6,001 to 10,000. A large city is 10,001 to 30,000. And a metropolis is more than 30,000. Well, it's a metropolis, right? So my thought was either large city or metropolis. Has Is a thousand years enough time to develop a metropolis? Well, okay. Sure. In how the modern is, world, yeah, we've developed New York Pl- City. Exactly. Is, yeah. We did those in what, 300 years? Yeah. Um, well, so it could easily I mean, be a I would assume that Rome in its highlight and it's definitely high, a metropolis. And you're looking at like 200 years. And all so, I know yeah. about the how long it took to build Rome is it wasn't built in a day. Right. It was like four days. Okay. It was six plus five days. So 13 days. I still remember driving into Boston as a kid. <laughs> if my math is correct. During the big dig. Cause yeah. Aging well, I mean, Boston is a real good example. I mean, the, the, the city is built around their cow patch. Yeah. You know, like that's why people hate driving in Boston because they built it around the cow path. <laughs> did you know that? I did not. Yeah, that's actually why they're driving. It's it's literally because when the city was first built, everything was built around the paths that the cows take either to pasture or to water. And so I guess that's why it's so bananas down there. I, I just know that during the big dig, when they were burying mm-hmm. the yeah. the artery there, they had a giant sign as you drove into the city, huge on the side of a building, big orange construction sign, like a billboard. And it said, Rome wasn't built in a day. If it had been, we would have hired their contractors. <laughs> I always thought, even as a kid, I thought that was funny. Yeah, that, that, was, funny. that was clever. So let's say Metropolis. Let's look yeah. at what Metropolis, what does it say about Metropolis, Josh? Well, it says, the largest of all communities, Metropolises are few and far between and are often the capital cities of great nations or empires. Okay. That tracks. Yep. They are everything a city is, just larger. These population centers are home to tens of thousands of people and sprawl across several square miles. Mm -hmm. Yep, we're still good. Most metropolises typically typically began as two or more smaller communities, villages, towns, or cities that eventually grew together to form a single massive urban area. Which kind of probably tracks, right? Yeah, you consider the different bridges being settled differently. Right, these are literally people, yeah, I mean, it's not, they're not playing SimCity. Exactly. You know, they didn't set out to do this. It just came together. Yeah. Um, and Metropolis is the central hub of an entire government, civically and militarily administering every lesser community within range. The resources required to provide food, clothing, and shelter to its populace are immense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, high population density and people living in neighborhoods and districts for their entire lives and may never see the rest of the city. Some people oh, yeah, like totally. li- live, die, never leaving their you know, Maybe square Maybe even mile. their particular, yeah, their whole section. Especially in a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have a metropolis. That's our fourth question. No, the fifth one is the, it's five, right? It's five questions. Okay. Fifth question. What is the city's government structure? Yeah. They saved the best for last. Yeah. How utopian are we going here? I feel like it should have started utopian and then kind of fallen into some morally gray area. Well, here's some choices. Let me okay. read to you the choices. Yeah, let's go through the choices. Is it a is it a table? It is a random table. Do you want to What's roll a the die? Number? Yeah. Ten. It's right there. Right by your hand. A nine? Statocracy. Oh, perfect. That's my favorite one. Do you know what a statocracy is? Uh no. <laughs> some of these names are really weird Stato- to me. Statoc. Again, I teach English, not social science. Right. Stato- I'm very curious. I'm glad I rolled it. So I probably would have said like so nah, The first one is a, a corporatocracy. Okay, Pat. Uh, <laughs> don't you want me to describe it, Josh? Go ahead, describe the corporatocracy. Uh, though the term rings somewhat modern, the concept of a corporatocracy fits well within the many fantasy cities where commerce and mercantilism are a strong theme. Sure. So it's ruled by corporations. Two, yeah. democracy. Any city that allows its citizens to make decisions for the good of the community, they live in a democracy. Okay. Three, a majocracy. A majocracy, I'm, and I'm guessing at some pronunciations here. Yeah. A majocracy is a ruling body formed by those individuals who command the most powerful magic. Is that yeah. a terrible? No, it's not. A 
Pedocracy. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough I one. I feel like maybe I don't that wanna, should be named something else. That should be renamed. I want to yeah. know what their editorial board was thinking. Maybe yeah. it's a real term. I don't know. It probably we should is. look it up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Pedocracy. Careful. Make sure safe search. Oh, I can't even tell you. Speaking of safe searching, here's. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is a tangent. That's I apologize. Random listeners. encounter. This is this. Yeah. <laughs> here, ready? Yeah. Random encounter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So today, a child checked out a book from the library. Okay. That's it's a manga. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to do a quick double check of, I always do a quick double check of content, especially with younger, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And the name of this manga, when you look at the cover... Podocracy is bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, but go ahead. Is XXX, and that's all, it's just three big X's, and yeah. then it's got like fantasy or something like that, stuff on okay. the side. yeah. So I look up on my school computer, <laughs> yeah, XXX manga. Yeah, how'd that go? That well, my safe search ticked okay. off. It so went, the thing ding, went bing, bing, it went bing, 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 bing. You can't search for that. And I was like, no, really? It's the but it evidently it's like XXX Goria, and oh, the okay. other part of the word is so small I can't see it on the cover of the book because it's kind of beat up. So yeah, so a podocracy. Yeah, I'm curious. It says a podocracy is a government formed by the wise and learn learned. Okay, when I Google it, that is not what I initially saw. What, so do we not want to share what you get? No, definitely not. Okay. If there's some book, what I will just say. P-E-D-O-C-R-A-C-Y? P-E-D-O-C-R-A-C-Y. Yeah, that's what I spelled. This is not. Is well, it somebody ruled by wrote a children? Book. Here's what I wonder. I would have to, if I were so inclined. Oh, yes. Okay, so you know what this is? No, I don't. Okay, so you're maybe, looking at the screen. Maybe there was something that was originally... So what did you say podocracy was? According to this book, a podocracy is a government formed by the wise and learned. In the simplest form, this type of rulership manifests a small rural community led by a wise elder who discusses challenges with and arbitrates disagreements between the locals. So you remember in the Rings of Power, you had the Harfoots? Yeah. And you had the old guy with the book? Yeah, yeah. That would have been a podocracy. Okay, so... <laughs> you know how our initial feeling on podocracy is like oh that can't Ooh. be good it has p-e-d-o um, it it's looks be like from what i can see it looks like probably somebody did their own research and wrote a book about what they're calling the podocracy which is as Pretty much the implication is that it is as bad as you think it is. That podocracy is ruled ruling, by pedophiles. Yeah, ruling through. I don't even want to hear the rest. <laughs> you don't of even want sentence. to hear the rest. I, so don't. So yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, don't Google podocracy. Exactly. Do not Google podocracy. Um, if I can find some sort of a reference it's to the some actual thing, but. probably clearly Loon who thinks it's definitely conspiracy laden. It was published in 2017. I'm probably oh, okay. on QAnon press. I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh as to not cry. Yeah. Um. So not a podocracy. No, just not Next good one. optics on that. <laughs> Next one is plutocracy. A plutocracy is a system of government made of the wealthiest citizens. Okay. Um, I don't like it, but it's realistic. <laughs> but it tracks. It tracks. The next one is a stick. A statocracy, stratocracy. That's the one you rolled. A okay. Yeah. Stratocracy. Stratocracy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this type of government is uh, ruled by the military. Ooh. Yeah, military rule. It I don't is... really picture. I may mean, even think about it, but I guess military. Would we be haven't a even thing. considered yeah, military. I haven't even thought about it. So. Because there aren't nations. Right. At least, not yeah, yet. not in the way that we're... There are small, isolated communities that consider themselves independent. Right. But nothing... And I could see them all getting sized. together every hundred years to discuss things. You know what I mean? Right. I sort of... One of the things I really liked about this is that we kind of leave behind some of the common trope conflicts. Right. Things like, oh, that's the nation of bad people yeah. and we are the nation of good people yeah, b- We don't bad like... 
pedocracy. Yeah, bad pepiplia. The pedocracy. <laughs> we yeah, are good exactly. peoplea. Yeah. The the democracy of light and justice and good. Right. All of them are bad. For sure. All of us are good. Yeah, exactly. And they lie to their children there's, and teach them that they are all good when we are all good, there's obviously. No gray area. <laughs> so yeah. I want to leave that stuff behind. I like the idea that everyone here recognizes that they are on a, a basically they are they are cast right. And even and, though it's been a thousand like years, a, yeah, it's a thousand years. You can't be, you almost can't be bothered, mm-hmm. you know, because you didn't, you didn't, they did. Their culture didn't rise from nothing. It rose from a, it was an amalgamation right from the very beginning. Right. So they weren't the, the struggle wasn't the same. And I like so to imagine I that I think it allows us to they lot, had a catastrophe and they came together. They came together after a catastrophe. I like to imagine that a lot of the places if they tried to basically say like no, we're not going to participate with you that things went badly. In fact, mm-hmm. we already have that written into our stuff because there was the isolated dwarf and right, gnome yeah. that they've not heard from in a long time and no one knows what happened there. That right. was what I was actually using for the uh, Dungeon 23 that I Pathetically gave up on well. I mean, it was COVID. the OGL and thing the OGL too, more thing than anything. Yeah. That, that, it's funny because every once in a while I'll still see that hashtag Dungeon Twenty Three, and I'm like, oh, that's cute. People are still doing that. I think most people gave up on it. Yeah, because they just got too distracted. Like they thought they were going to lose their whole hobby forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after plutocracy, a stratocracy. Where he did that. Then we have a theocracy. A city that's... turns to its holy leaders for guidance. Sure. So, what do you think? Is that all of them? Yeah. <laughs> um, we could do some sort of a. We could. We could. Marry a meritocracy and a podocracy. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could. Is it, isn't it a meritocracy? Meritocracy is by yeah, is ruled by the best, which is yeah. never, ever, ever subjective. No, it's never. Um. Yeah, I feel like that we're missing a word. Yeah, I feel there's an. Oh no! In a larger for the podocracy in larger population rulership by the most educated would focus on teachers and sages. Yeah, and we've already talked about how this place has a giant research academic thing right we keep calling it the academy but but. i I think i think i don't know to me in my mind more realistically uh, the academy doesn't involve itself directly but it's i do i'm as much as i don't like pedocracy i see it being the power you know you don't make decisions that run afoul of the academics of the academics well they could also be the majocracy because the academy is also mages okay so so would that mean that your day-to-day you know your day-to-day your your mayor do we have a mayor like is that we don't know yet we haven't written it so like your day-to-day officiants are they also mages is that the idea so i don't know i have a hard time believing that a magical institution of research and learning would not want to at least have a little bit of a hand on the scale of local government Right, they would definitely be involved. Yeah, um, they might be like, "No, we're above the local government." Pulling right. from the sides, you know. Yeah. Um. There's, there's, no matter what we pick, there's going to be vying for power. Right. I mean, you could have your. That's that is a thing that would probably just happen. So you could have like a. Well, my my that's sort of what I was. I thinking. mean, council because you could have laborers have a voice. You could have the major. You know, the you could have different groups. You could maybe break it into groups. So then, is it a democracy? Do we end up in a, demo- a representative democracy? I mean, I know that it seems like we're being silly here, but I mean, right. At and, the same time, and is it going to matter to most people's games? Maybe not. Um, you know, you have you have all these different areas. They each have their own elected officials that then serve with all the other um, officials as representatives. Then who then report to the higher council, who represent probably a podocracy or a meritocracy of like the high council. This is like the people from the academy, the people from who run the military, yeah. and they all collaborate. Together. I just love that whatever we come up to come up with somebody who like studies this is going to go well that would never work and here's why because i just like the idea i almost kind of can you have the idea of to them i would say screw you we have dragons you have different layers of 
like maybe some aspects of life have one set of leadership and yeah. there's a council in place when you're going to do something that has a city at large. So maybe day to day. Here's what know. we don't this have. Is, we don't I have an emperor. Bothered. Yeah, we don't have an emperor. We don't, we have, don't have a king. Have it's a king. definitely going to be ruled by a consensus group. Yes. How does um how does Iman rule? Do you ever in consensus group? Consensus group. Count, okay. Basically, it would be a majocracy. Iman is uh, Teldor. Yep, pedocracy and uh, meritocracy. Because you've got a military leader, a magic leader, a political leader, all work. See, together. I guess I like that better for this type of environment. So then that would be sort of basically that, a meritocracy, you okay. know, the best. Or you can also consider that partly pedocracy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to call ours a custom meritocracy. Okay, yeah. Um, so, and then we can, from there, detail that out. But for now, just knowing that it is a council of people who represent everyone in the city. Yeah. Because that leaves you opportunities for things like, I'm not being represented. Mm -hmm. And people, then you have your, because we're going to have groups of people who do bad things and groups of people who do bad things for good reasons and right. people who do good things for bad reasons. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so, because anytime anyone tries to rule anyone else, someone ends up upset. Right. Somebody's going to get bummed out here. Someone's getting bummed out no matter what you do. And that's going to be a place to foment conflict, which is good for games. Yep. Can't please all the people on nor do we want to. If it was a utopia, it'd be a really boring RPG. It would. So, and then that is the five questions. And you know what? I think five questions was all we had time for today. Well, then we did pretty well on time. We did actually really yeah. well on time. Yeah. Coming in at about 14 minutes. Uh, 40, 14. See, I can you still do math. math. <laughs> You're really struggling here. I do math. I'm going to yeah. make that my new Twitter handle. 14. Okay. Um, but... <laughs> I do think that that is all the time we have for today. All right, yeah. So thank you again to everyone listening for your for supporting the show. And please remember to like and subscribe to our show and rate us on uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts yeah. and all that or stuff. wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts. If you have the option to rate it, give us a rating. And subscribe to Unless it. you don't like it, and then please don't rate us. And then um, if you want to read about this, I'll put up a article on our website. Yeah. Uh, kind of going through these steps as we go. I won't put out a full document on uh, the city until it's more fleshed out, yep. but I'm going to sort of blog post these changes as we go through them. Okay. So for more information or to peruse the latest drafts of our creations, visit our website at www.fourthpillarofplay. All spelled out. Where you can also like, follow, or message us on Twitter or Instagram. Thank you, everyone, so much. Yep. Thank you, Josh. Yep. Finish your latte, sir. Finish your latte. The whole thing. And throw it away. Don't leave it there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't litter. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Put it in the garbage. Put it in the appropriate place. Don't leave <laughs> it on the table. They, the baristas, they don't want them. And <laughs> have a good one. Good night, everyone. We look forward to creating more with you.